people are really quick to to celebrate what they've done well at the gym that day. Let's say a client does something for the first time, right? Um, but they'll compare themselves to how they were 15 years ago. And it's like, well, we're not there. Like we're here yeah. today. So not let's helpful. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, like it's not. Like let's just focus on what we're doing today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Erin Green. And I'm Michael Gray. How are you? Doing well. Good. I think the, the better question might be, how are you, puppy daddy? <laughs> it was a rough, Two? It was a rough night. <laughs> the kids up, puppies up, and then I had a migraine. I was throwing up, so I'm tired. So if I say things today that like don't make sense... It's just because I'm exhausted. That's all. That's all. Oh, oh <laughs> Michael. I yeah. Well, when you said on the Rebecca Rush episode that you were wanting to get a puppy because you want your daughters to have mm-hmm. that puppy experience, mm-hmm. and then you texted me and you're like, I did a thing. And Michael sends me this picture with two puppies. And I was yeah. like, uh, you did twice. You like doubled down on the thing. <laughs> we went from no dogs to two puppies. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a lot. But, but it's good. It's fun. The girls love it. It's a blast. I have missed having dogs a lot. Yeah. And so mm. it's work, but it's all absolutely 100% worth it. Yeah. So yeah. And today we have a special guest with us. So uh, today we have uh, Natalie Higby joining us. Uh, Natalie is a trainer um, and nutritional coach at Onnit, um, kind of a very well-known gym, um, exercise and supplement company. And then she also, um, she and her husband, boyfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend. okay, boyfriend, um, have founded the Durable Athlete, um, which she'll tell us more about. But hi, Natalie. Welcome. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love you talking about puppies. I (laughs) just have to jump in there and say that I love my dog so much. I've had my dog for like a year and a half and he's away at training Uh, camp right now for two uh, weeks. And I pick him up on Friday and I miss him a lot. So anyway, oh, going back to the days of puppies, <laughs> I would not mind yeah. that. Right. Um, yeah. I've been watching all of like the puppy documentaries. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for having me. I'm really yeah, excited to be here. here with you guys. Are there a lot of puppy Wait, documentaries? <laughs> like I feel like um, I need someone, to, to investigate this. <laughs> you're like, let's go back. Um, there is yeah. one that I watched called pick of the litter and it's about labs that they train to be guide dogs for the blind oh wow oh that one was really good and then there's a show on netflix called dogs and i think it's like individual episodes about their owners and their pets um and there's like a couple other i was looking for but those are two that i've watched recently well that's what i'll be doing today videos with puppies in my lap wait a second oh go ahead Sorry, I just have to go back to the whole training camp for dogs thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only training camp I know of that I've experienced is like heavy back-to-back workouts. Like, you know, you're up at dawn, you you train, you eat, you train, you eat, you train, you sleep. <laughs> what is a training camp for dogs? <laughs> Honestly, it's just like a board and train place for two weeks that um, some of our friends found. And I've been wanting to train our dog ever since we got him. And he honestly has been really good, like never chewed up anything, is just very sweet. 
listens pretty well, but he's an Australian shepherd. And I know that those dogs Uh, are extremely smart and I feel like he could be better. So as good as he's mm -hmm. been for us, I've always wanted just to have like some official training and I looked into different things and it just didn't work out. And then back in March, I was going to have a person come and train him one-on-one with me. And then the shutdown happened. So that, you know, you know, COVID kind of got in the way of that. And then we have some friends that got a German Shepherd Husky puppy. They're some of our closest friends. And they told me about this place. And it's just like a really sweet couple who own their own land. Um, Their business has grown by word of mouth. Uh, They take in like six dogs at a time, plus their two own dogs. They have their kids there and like the nanny. And like, it just seemed very wholesome, I guess. And I felt like I trusted that. And I honestly would love to do it when I'm traveling, but there hasn't been a whole lot of traveling going on recently. So I just decided to take them anyway. So I... I also say he's off at college. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Puppy boot camp, <laughs> whatever you college. want to call it. But he's it's basically just yeah, a place where he's learning for two weeks and then we'll pick him up on Friday and, and go over uh, everything with awesome. the, the trainers for a couple hours. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I have a friend who up in Boise, his girlfriend does that. They'll take dogs oh, really? for a couple of weeks into their home and just train them and yeah, just work really intensive with like obedience and commands and great training, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So fingers crossed. I just want to be able to take him. I take him with me to a lot of my clients. I take him mm-hmm. kind of everywhere I go. And again, as good as he is, he's not like perfect by any means. And so I just <clears throat> will feel more comfortable if he can listen on command. So excited sure. to see how that goes. Yeah. Cool. I'll let you know. Not that you're we here. We might have two but... customers for them. <laughs> yeah. But it's three hours away. It's not that far, right? <laughs> it's doable. Yeah. It's doable. Yeah. So um, tell us about you. Tell us about uh, kind of how you, how you got into the fitness game and, um, you know, certification and hooking up with Precision Nutrition, um, kind of your, your journey to becoming a trainer. Story. Your story. All right. Well, I'll go back to just when I was a kid because I think that's where it starts. And I was always very active. I have an older brother and the neighborhood I grew up in, it was kind of like this neighborhood park and all of the families were friends. We were constantly out playing all sorts of activities. Right. And so I think my love for community actually started from when I was a child living in that type of community and then love for sport, you know, grew as I played different sports, but I was actually a very shy kid. And so the sports that I ended up loving the most and playing through high school and even college were volleyball and basketball played a little bit of college basketball. Um, but I was a little too shy to play those as a kid. So, um, Stuck with like soccer, softball, mm-hmm. just anything, dance, gymnastics um, that, I don't know, would keep me moving. I really enjoyed. Just really active. And yeah, really active. And then from a young age, I remember like second grade, you know, they ask you what you want to be when you're older. And I said teacher. And I kind of always thought that I would just be a teacher and a coach, like at a school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always volunteering at like the boys and girls clubs. I was a peer mediator, a peer helper. So often going into schools and working with kids. And so, yeah, that was kind of where like the thought of, okay, I'm going to teach at a school and I would love to coach a sport uh, just because I loved sports so much. Mm -hmm. And then I played one year of college basketball at the university of Texas at Dallas. I'm from that area and kind of stayed in that area for a year, played a little bit and then decided, you know, if I don't leave Dallas now, I may never leave. I'll probably get a job here and stay. So I just kind of like up and left last minute, moved down to Austin, went to Austin Community College, and then ended up going to Texas State, which is like 30 minutes south of Austin in San Marcos. Um, Studied education, again, with the thought of like, I'll be a teacher. 
and then coach. Um, and as I was finishing school at Texas State, I from there wasn't playing sports, but I was playing a lot of intramurals, doing a lot of just training still. You know, fitness was a big part of my life. And I had some friends that were opening up like a nutrition shop in town. So a lot of like nutrition talks with them and we would all go train together. Mm -hmm. And then um, they also opened up a CrossFit gym at the time. This was the first time I'd ever heard of CrossFit. This was like 2010. And so instead of moving back to Dallas and doing student teaching, they convinced me to stay and help them kind of start the gym. And they're like, man, you're, you know, you could do CrossFit kids. Why don't you get CrossFit kids certified? And why don't you help us start the kids program and do a women's program? And um, I fell in love with it so much that I was like, you know what, I'll do my student teaching here. I will still finish out my degree and get my teaching certifications, but I'll also work to get these CrossFit certifications and do some other certifications in the fitness world that would qualify me to be a coach at the time. And so I started coaching in the evenings as I was student teaching. Mm -hmm. And once I graduated, I mean, I was just sold on, on like fitness. I was like, mm -hmm. I, this seems basically like what I've always wanted to do, which was yeah. teach and coach people and honestly just help people live a better mm -hmm. life or be more successful mm -hmm. mentally and physically, um, but in a different way. And so I ended up staying in San Marcos in the little college town for two years and just full-time worked as a personal trainer, did individual stuff, did CrossFit kids, did um, a women's group that I started there. And almost, I didn't run the gym, but the people who owned it were kind of gave me like full, you mm -hmm. know, freedom. Yeah, right? right. And it was, it was just wonderful. Now I didn't want to live there forever. So I moved to Austin after about two years or so and started training, being a trainer in like the Westlake area of Austin. Okay. But when I moved to Austin, if anybody's familiar with like the personal trainer life of you're there really early, mm -hmm. you're there very late. Um, and the difference here was that I also lived very far from the gym that I was working at. Uh, and so there was a lot of travel back and forth. Mm -hmm. You know, Texas summers are really hot. So mm -hmm. in the summertime, it's just extremely hot. In the winter, it's really cold there. There wasn't really a place to go in between clients. And if someone didn't show up, I would have to like drive all the way back home. It just was very taxing. I was like, I'm, you know, I wasn't making a ton of money. I was making more in San Marcos than I was here trying to like restart my business. Mm -hmm. um, it was before there was a whole lot of online stuff. And so just the back and forth and the constant stress and like, you know, I love traveling too. And I felt like if I'm not there, I'm not making money. So where's this going long-term? Like, how can I really build this? And so that's when I decided, you know what, maybe I'll use my degree. I'll start teaching and I can coach on the side because it's still something that I want to do, but maybe just full-time right now, it's not working out. That was kind of my mm -hmm. mindset. And so I did that. I started subbing. And then again, I started coaching after school and in the evenings and on the weekends and whatnot. And then that led to a full-time teaching position. Now, this teaching position was in third grade, which I was open to anything and I ended up <laughs> loving it. I love kids of all ages, like yeah. little to, to high school. Um, and so I ended up teaching third grade for three years. So that's where my like, I was doing fitness for a while. I was doing mm -hmm. personal training. Um, and then I started teaching and I absolutely loved that. So I was coaching on the side. And then if anybody knows the life of a teacher, it's hard to do much more than just teach. So yeah. I ended up doing teaching full time for a little while. But my love for passion or my love and passion for health and wellness is always there. And I love learning. I'm, all, I'm a lifelong student. And so while I was teaching and no longer coaching, I spent most of my free time still trying to get other certifications, mainly just because I was interested in them. At first, it wasn't because I thought, you know, that I would like go back into it full time. Sure. Um, but one of those certifications was precision nutrition. Mm -hmm. So I would study nutrition 
all the time on my own and my boyfriend and my partner now for the durable athlete, um, his name is Christian. I remember him just saying, he's like, well, you might as well get certified in it if you spend all this time reading about it. Right. <laughs> right? And I was like, that, that's a good point. So I did the precision nutrition cert. I was taking all of the certs that on it has to offer. Um, and I also took something called, uh, it's from stretch to win and it's called fascial stretch therapy. It's basically where you put people on the table, learn how to stretch them. It's like a week long certification in Arizona. Um, and with that, after three years of teaching, I kind of had that itch again of like, maybe I'll start my own business and maybe I'll do the stretching at gyms where I used to work and kind of get back in touch with some of those mm -hmm. clients and then do nutrition coaching on the side so I can do it on the weekends and over the summers. When I had that thought, it's kind of like that power of like what you're manifesting and like how the mm -hmm. universe brings things to you because I was at a on it certification and I was approached by one of the coaches and the manager, um, Juan Leha at the time. He came up to me and he was like, hey, we know that you, you know, are really invested in all of this. You spend a lot of time as a part of our community. Um, why don't you coach? Like, we know that you've coached in the past. Why aren't you coaching again? I was like, it's funny you say that. I'm kind of thinking about starting my own business. So basically that led to offering up like an internship there and uh, being a full-time coach. And what was really nice about Onnit, to be honest, was the fact that um, at the time they were offering all of the trainers like salary and benefits if you were coaching X amount of classes and had this wow. amount of clients. And That's so great. to leave that security of teaching and go back into the fitness world knowing like, okay, I'm working for a little bit bigger company, still small. Um, but just having that was nice. And so it wasn't that I wanted to leave teaching. My principal was definitely not very happy with me when I said I was leaving, but you know, I don't regret it at all. Um, mm -hmm. Again, at the end of the day, it's always been about helping people live their best life, whether it was mm -hmm. with the kids that I was teaching in the classroom or it's, you know, the adults that I work with inside mm -hmm. the classroom at the gym. Um, but yeah, I've always just had this love for moving my body and feeling better and mental and physical wellness, you know, not just one piece of it, but like mm -hmm. that whole holistic approach. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's a lot right there, but that's how I got to where I am now. I've, I was at on it for about two years. I'm still there part-time. Um, things have shifted recently. I now do a lot more full-time for the company that mm -hmm. myself and my partner run the durable athlete. Um, and that's been really cool to see how that has kind of grown Sure. Over the last few months. Yeah. Sure. Wow. You, know, you, you brought up a few things that I can really uh, identify with as a personal trainer myself. And one of them is that, you know, I went to school um, to be a social worker and I got my degree in social work because I wanted to help people, you know, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I, I love about training and fitness is I still get to help people, but in very different ways. And there are a lot less, there's a lot less red tape, you know, there's lots of things you have to a lot less things you have to worry about. And then you just really kind of get to control your schedule in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it can be kind of a bonkers schedule at times, especially at first. It's like, all right, I'm starting work at 5 a.m. And then I have a three-hour gap. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. and then I'm done at 10 o'clock at night. Um, yeah. But I can certainly relate with those. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think it's funny that you brought up about just kind of when someone's getting into training, there is that kind of idea of like, I'll get certified and they'll just come to me. <laughs> You know, like I'll just, I'm just going to have a book schedule because obviously everybody wants to work with me, you know, no, and it's a you grind. Build that business up. Mm -hmm. Personal training is a grind. It's a tough one. And yeah. especially if you stay employed 
um, kind of on your own, like you're talking about the durable athlete. It's like, you got to make it happen every day. You know, I mean, Erin mm-hmm. can speak to that too, because she's, you know, self-employed too. And it's, it's a grind, but man, it's, I think there's a lot of benefit to it. And I don't think I could go back to working for somebody after doing this. <laughs> 100%. And I will say that I feel like now I can fully appreciate all of the different pieces of that journey and mm-hmm. see how they have all led up to what I do now, especially with the work we've done with the NBA and the junior NBA mm-hmm. with the durable athlete. We've, I mean, we basically over the past few months when kind of the whole world was shut down, we're asked to do at home workouts for kids about ages like eight to 12, but could be even younger and it could go up to 18 uh, for the junior MBA. And it was body weight workouts at home, but also we would do some journaling at the end. We would do some breathing and meditation. We'd do some mindset training and that stuff that I did with my, my kids in my classroom all the time was like read from this little book and talk about, you know, this breathing exercise with them. And, um, but then you add in, the movement aspect and teaching them. I mean, we did basketball workouts like legitimately with the basketball going around chairs or cones. Um, So all those little pieces of who I am and where I've been Mm -hmm. kind of have led me to where I am now. And it's cool to see it all come together. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of hard work. (laughs) I think that's a great message for, for anybody really to not get too stuck in this kind of traditional path of thinking, this is how I, get to where I want to be, or this is the vision I kind of have for my career path or, um, you know, like Michael said, getting, getting clients, if you do own a business, um, you know, kind of, I guess, casting a wide net and being open to sort of what the world sends Mm -hmm. your way. And then Mm -hmm. using all of those skills. I mean, I can imagine your background in teaching has been just invaluable with the unique way, and we will talk more about that, the unique way that you approach a holistic, um, you know, philosophy with, with training and, and fitness. So I can see exactly what you're saying, the different pieces um, leading you to where you are now. So I think that's just a great message for people to keep their minds open um, to the different things the universe will throw your way. Right. 100%. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Well, I think it's easy when we get started on like a trajectory in life to just feel like, well, this is it. Like I've committed, I've put time in and that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, probably all of us, all three of us can, can relate with this, but it's like, I really thought I was going to do social work. I did it for a few years and I was like, I don't want to do this. And Mm -hmm. it would be easy for me to see that experience and all those dollars for that degree. as just kind of a waste because I'm not doing social work, but it's like, I use so much of that, so many of those experiences and so much of that knowledge just in helping people, you know, um, like see the way they think about themselves and how they relate in the world and what their relationship is with food and the things they tell, you know, it's all these things that have made me better at my job, even though I'm not directly using that, you know, and I think I've, I think I've pivoted professionally in my life a bunch of times. And I'd say there's a good chance in 10 years, I'm going to be doing something that looks pretty different from the way things look now, you know, and I think there's, for me, I think there's a lot of happiness and excitement and adventure in that versus like, Mm -hmm. all right, well, I got my degree. So this is what I do till I retire, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's a long road. I love a new challenge. Not so much where I feel like I always want to be jumping around, but Mm -hmm. I definitely like embrace those times. I'm like, all right, this is going to be hard. You know, like I've got to learn, like I said, I love learning. So I kind of like mm-hmm. that process of, of really putting myself in a tough situation and then just trying to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And the skills, I mean, when I interviewed for the teaching job, 
I used what I had been doing as a coach as part of that interview and vice versa. It's, you know, I'm, I'm teaching a group of people, something like, especially a group fitness class, right? Mm -hmm. I need everyone in that group to feel like they are challenged, but I also need to modify things for the people who have been there, you know, are coming in. It's their first day. People who need to be challenged and pushed and they've been there for a year. I need people to like, understand what I'm asking them to do. I need to create relationships with them. I need to create the program or the lesson plan. I need to figure out how to assess. And then I need to figure out how to build from there, right? Like just those skills in general are very similar as far as like laying out lesson plans and assessing people. And um, again, communication with kids and parents and having individual relationships and then relationships with the whole group, you know, like all of that. There's such a correlation between Mm-hmm. being in a classroom as a teacher and being like in a fitness classroom as yeah. a trainer. So, so Natalie, I'd like to hear more on your, your holistic approach with clients, because I think that's something, mm-hmm. I mean, Michael and I have talked about this before, how that was kind of our mutual, um, I think gravitation toward each other was our philosophies that you have to address the entire person. Um, you need to adapt your, uh, you know, approach and teaching to a lot of different factors, not just, oh, you want to get fitter, do X, Y, Z. You want to get leaner, do X, Y, Z. You know, so can you tell us a little bit about your own philosophy and how you approach that with clients? Definitely. I think, again, when I go back to even I don't know if it was, I mean, I know a big part was in training. When I think back to college, right, we're talking about creating relationships with our students. Um, And again, students can be clients in my mind, right? In order to get buy-in, you have to create relationships. And so, again, whether I'm talking about teaching a third grader math or an adult how to squat, like I need to have a relationship with them. I need them to trust me. I need them to buy in um, so that they will continue to come back to me. And it's so much more than just that squat or it's so much more than that number on the scale, right? Like they're coming back because they value time with me. And I yeah. hope that I'm teaching them skills that are far beyond just the exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding that so many people have goals, but it all starts with their mindset. So it's, again, it's not about teaching them how to do the squat properly. That's a piece of it, right? Or programming everything properly, but it's about the buy-in that they have to that program. And beyond that, it's about what they do in hours that they're not with you. That is such a big part of the equation that you holistic, that holistic approach needs to be there. I feel like to teach people that that's, what's going to get them to their goals, right? Like it's not just about the hour in the gym, but it's about what we're thinking on a daily basis and how we're treating our body and what we're putting in our body for food and how we're recovering. And um, are we giving like ourselves some time for self-care so that we can keep coming in and pushing hard and getting better. Um, But we don't want to like burn the candle at both ends and then burn out. Um, We don't want to go all out and then, you know, give up when things aren't working right away. But looking at things like, all right, if I want to be feeling healthy for as long as I live, if I want to be moving well for as long as I live, then it's all about just the small things that we do on a daily basis. So I like to say um, it's more about consistency than it is intensity, mm-hmm. right? So just being consistent with these things. Um, and again, that goes back to what are the thoughts that we're telling ourselves, right? So many people struggle with just like negative thinking, being so hard on themselves um, and really teaching people to appreciate and notice the small things that they're doing, right? So even just making it to the gym that day, right? Mm-hmm. Taking time for themselves, Um people are really quick to 
to celebrate what they've done well at the gym that day. Let's say a client does something for the first time, right? Um, but they'll compare themselves to how they were 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we're not there. Like we're here yeah. today. So not let's just helpful. Focus. Yeah, it's not, you know, like it's not like, let's just focus on what we're doing today. So I'm just, yeah. I feel like I just try to approach it with that. Like it's, it's mental training with each client and physical training at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that has just come from years of practicing that myself, you know, probably from me figuring out that I needed that and mm-hmm. then sharing that with people. I think that's what I've done a lot of is when I find something that is beneficial for me, I implement it. I practice it and then I want to share it with others because I know that it's helped my life. So I feel like Mm -hmm. it could help theirs as well. Um, Yeah. 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 So maybe that, I hope that helps a little bit. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great information. And um, I'm, I mean, I've, I would love to hear like more stories about how you practice those skills with clients, Um, especially when, you know, Michael and I talk about this a lot, how, you know, clients come in with a very specific kind of vision or goal of what they hope to accomplish working with Mm -hmm. us. And then Mm -hmm. uh, whatever life happens, or like you said, you know, the, the, um, you know, reader board in their head is just like going bonkers in the negative category. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, geez, I'm done. Like, peace out is, you know, I'm not, and they start checking out of the original goal. How do you help refocus them using all those skills, especially like you, you mentioned self-talk, you mentioned Mm -hmm. self-care, you mentioned like celebrating the small things and not comparing. I think those are just like fantastic Mm -hmm. concepts that I can't, you know, preach enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, different things work for different people. So sometimes it's just asking the person every day when they come in, like, what's going well? What are you grateful for? Letting them kind of vent a little bit about something negative, but choosing to like highlight something that they said that's positive. So just like helping people be more aware of the positives that are happening in their life and not playing into like talking negative with them, you know, like letting them vent a little bit. I feel like that happens a lot as a personal trainer, Mm -hmm. but trying to just like be really aware of that and be aware that like, what I say has an impact on them as well. And what I hope they recognize is that when they're around me, it's more positive and that they mm-hmm. eventually start to pick up on that. And then their language with themselves starts to change. So I would just say awareness of like what someone's habits are and what they're doing and figuring out how you can, maybe it's a text in the morning or a couple times a week and just mm-hmm. telling them what they did really well. And then asking them, Hey, what are you really proud of this week? Like, mm-hmm. awesome. I want you to celebrate that and remember that. Um, I took a cert not too long ago called K3 Combat with Dr. Mark Chang. And he has these tools they use like it's like martial arts stuff. You have like a a so stick, essentially like a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. No. It's um it's stick training, like old school stick here. training. <laughs> yes. And I use it and I just every time they say something negative, I hit them with the stick. No. Um, but what I loved about the cert is basically the whole time we're learning like these combinations, right? So I have a partner in front of me and we're hitting a cross body and cross body and then down low. And as you're going through this, it's really challenging. So it takes you back to that beginner's mindset of when mm-hmm. you're trying something and you're not very good at it and you're messing up. And what I loved so much about the whole thing is you recognize right away that everyone, every time people mess up, they say, sorry, if you miss, mm. sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. stop, right? People stop and they're like, oh, okay, let's start over. Let's start over. And so what we practiced was not saying sorry when you mess up and not stopping because you messed up, but going right into the next hit. So if I'm going right hand and you're going right hand and we miss each other, 
we don't do anything about it except move on to the next step, left mm -hmm. to left, right to right, left to left, right? And you just keep going. And so mm -hmm. I actually have used those techniques in those sticks with some clients, but I've done it as a way to be like, look, in life, when we have an end goal, our goal is to get there, right? Like mm -hmm. it's about the journey, right? But if something comes in our way, like let's say we are trying to eat better, right? And then we have friends in town and we go out to eat and we feel like we ate pizza and we drank or whatever, and they're feeling mm -hmm. guilty about it. You can't stop and harp on that night. All you have mm -hmm. to do is make that next choice that's going to get you right. back on the right path, right? So mm -hmm. it's not about stopping and saying sorry. It's not about feeling self pity or feeling sorry for yourself, right? Like don't sit there and think about it. Just move on to the next thing. Let it go. Right. So teaching people to let go, to understand that, again, if we're thinking long-term, it's not always going to be success after success after mm -hmm. success. We're going to have times when we mess up. We're going to have times when, you know, the scale goes up and down, our weights that we can lift go up and down, our mood goes up and down, like life stressors. Mm -hmm. There's all these things that happen, but if we can keep showing up consistently and we can keep that positive mindset and we can just make that next choice that kind of puts mm -hmm. us back on the right path, then we're going to find more success along the way. Um, so that's a really good, good thing that I try to teach my clients as well. Um, and I think I was already doing that before, but I loved that cert for that reason. It was so much movement yeah. based, but we talked a lot about like the mental side of that. He's like, why is everyone saying sorry when you mess up? Don't say sorry. Don't stop. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Like if something's in your way and it knocks you to the side, just get back on that path. Keep moving right. forward. Right. I so, love that. That's a great illustration. And I, uh, yeah, that's really good. I like that. Yeah. And then. I, yeah, you know, everyone's different. So it's, for me, it's just about learning more about my clients, figuring sure. out what things are going well in their life, where are they at in their life, what are the things that we can focus on and kind of do better at, and what are the things that maybe we don't need to stress that much about right now because we're already working hard on these, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe when they have a little more space in their life, we can start to add in these other things mm -hmm. that are going to be beneficial as well. But yeah, it's about getting people to also understand that just having those conversations with them that like, it's not just about the workout, right. Or it's right. not just about the food. It's right. about, again, our mindset. It's about how we pick up when we kind of fall off the wagon, right. um, relationships that we have in our lives, like all of those things make a, a big impact on our health. And so Absolutely. I just think I do that through a lot of conversation. I like that. I like that a yeah. lot. And I think, you know, and we've talked about this on the, the previous episodes, but just, I think that that quote unquote failure, you know, I know that word can be like, have a lot of baggage for people, but I mean it in the lightest sense possible. Just things didn't go like planned. Um, I think it's, it can be so important. It's like critical for the journey, you know, like missing with those sticks, like you've got to miss before you can hit. You know what I mean? You've got to screw things up and do things wrong so you can go, okay, so why didn't that work? And it's just, it's, I don't know where exactly, and it's probably different for everybody, but just this idea that we have to, we have to do things perfectly. You know, if it's like, okay, hey, let's shoot for two vegetables a day and protein in each meal. And someone doesn't do it one day and they're just like beating themselves up for not nailing this brand new thing. And it's, it's like, it's crazy. You know, it's like, you're not going to. And, and when we, when we miss, when we fail, like, it's just that provides such a great opportunity to go like, why, why did that happen? And how can we strategize against that? Well, how can we make it go better next time? You know? And, and I think there's such a, 
immediacy. Um, you know, there's such the fitness industry is so full of quick and now that I just think a lot of people, they don't think long term. You know, they don't think, what about my health in five years or 10 years or 20 years? It's like, no, I got four weeks. So let's lose those 20 pounds, you know, and, and there's just not that embracing the entire process of embrace the misses, embrace the failures and, and own them and learn from them and strategize around them because you got to miss before you can hit, you know? And I, I just, I, yeah, I like that example a lot. So. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that one. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of growth mindset in there, getting people mm-hmm. to understand that, yeah, failure is a part of success and using that as feedback, just like you mm-hmm. said, what went well, what can we change? Mm-hmm. Cool. That didn't work. Let's try something else. And, you know, if you're thinking like food and weight loss, I feel like for so many people, they want to find the right diet that works, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're looking to other people and right. there's so much that goes into <laughs> just trying to get people to buy into the long term. Mm-hmm. like self-aware diet. <laughs> like, no, you need to figure out what, <laughs> what works best for your body. The right? self-aware and diet. That's I like that what I that. teach. I found a name for the diet, diet that I teach. <laughs> um, I, call, I call it the, the durable diet. Uh, just because we have the durable athlete. But in my mind, that just means one that's going to last you forever. So it's like, you can't live in this like restriction forever or, Hey, I'm not going to touch bread forever. Like, cool. Maybe that works for some people, but for most people, we need to find that middle-ish part where for Mm -hmm. forever, as long as we live, we can have those times where we indulge a little bit more, but then most of the time we're feeding ourselves in the way that our body deserves to be fed and we feel good about. And um, yeah, so that's another one, just yes. getting people to buy into that process. It's like, so I'm still cool trying to figure out what works best for me, you know? Like as I change and as I exactly. grow and as my training changes, mm-hmm. like my diet changes, you know? And mm-hmm. different things have worked for me at different times. So I don't just have one right answer and then I stick with that forever. Like right. we need to be flexible and we need to be able to adjust and shift and be okay yeah. with like, I'm going to gain a little bit of weight right now. And then I'm going to cut down a little bit and then I'm just going to be at – right in the middle for a long time. That's kind of where most of us need to live Mm -hmm. anyway, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I loved your comment earlier where you said consistency over intensity. I think that is just a very simple way of saying, look, if you can find some uh, lifestyle choices or habits or routines that are sustainable for you and you can be consistent with those like whatever, 90% of the time or for most of your... um, you know, days where you're working or, you know, have kids or family, that consistency really pays off. Mm -hmm. And the consistency I think is, I mean, we've talked about motivation versus momentum. We've talked about habit building. We've talked about setting goals and consistency is a piece of all of those things. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people picture intensity like, oh man, I've got to, you know, like you said, no bread or extreme diet, or I've got to do this like 30 day crazy fitness challenge. But then what happens with that intensity when it's, you can't consistently do that or it's not sustainable, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. this is, this is all stuff we've, we've talked about and you just um, explained it really, really well. Yeah, this is good. I just, yeah, you're echoing a lot of what we hope people like get from this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's great. And I, I really like how you said, just like, our needs and demands change. So like our, our fitness, not levels, but like our, our, um, the amount of time we're able to dedicate to fitness and our diets and that stuff need to be adaptable too. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going keto. And so I'll just do keto forever. 
you know, and it's like, okay, what about when like, you know, your kids, uh, you know, are in soccer and music and, you know, dance and, you know, and you're selling your house and, oh, a parent gets sick. And it's like all these life demands can just throw a wrench in everything. And I think that's where a lot of people get derailed is like, I can't do what I've been doing. So I'm just going to stop. Right. It's like, I'm all in on what I've been doing or I won't do anything at all versus like, okay, how do we change some things? How do we pivot so that we can, maybe we have to pull back for a while. You know, maybe instead of being at a 10, we need to be at a three for a bit so that we can still keep some forward movement, but make life manageable. And I'm glad you said that. That's just a great point that things have to be able to shift and pivot. If you're going to do what you're doing now forever, you're screwed. It's just not going to work. (laughs) No, you have to be adaptable. Mm -hmm. have to be adaptable. Mm -hmm. And I think of, we were just talking about puppies when I first got my dog. Um, you know, I don't have kids yet. Uh, so I don't know what life with kids is like sleep wise, but with a puppy, it definitely was interrupting my sleep and I'm big on sleep. I'm big on recovery. I have the aura ring that tracks my sleep. And I can remember that I was not sleeping well, right? Like my sleep went way down when we got the puppy for the first couple months, really. Mm -hmm. And I adjusted my training. And I knew like, okay, you know what? I probably am not going to train as hard as I was training. Um, I'm really tired today. Like just being really in tune with my body. I didn't sleep well last night. So maybe I'll just go for a swim or a bike ride or a walk today versus what I had planned. And that used to, like I would say in the past, that would have been harder for me. Like if, if I have my mind on something, I want to do it no matter what. And I have learned over the years that you know, it's okay for me to shift. Like maybe I don't get my morning mobility in and maybe I don't get my morning walk in because it's raining or Mm -hmm. something pops up and I'm not going to like, you know, freak out about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just going to do the best I can that day and then understand that tomorrow's going to come, right? And the next month is going to come and this phase will pass, but I'm not going to just completely stop. I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to do what feels good for my body. Um, And just, again, building that awareness, self-awareness, fitness. Self-awareness, fitness, self-awareness diet. I love it. Well, and you're right. It's like, I think a lot of people think it's like, it's the consistency of the intensity, right? It's like consistently intense. And it's like, you just get, yet that's not sustainable versus Mm -hmm. just consistency. Well, that looks like a lot of different things. Like you're saying like, Mm -hmm. okay, maybe I just walked today or, you know, things didn't happen. Well, there's always tomorrow. And it's like people, it's like, if we pull back, we can ramp up again when life allows us mm-hmm. to. It's not like yeah. hey, this is just where you have to stay now, you know, and, and, and being kind of that short sightedness that I think a lot of people have really just winds up not allowing them to ever truly get anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think they just kind of spin their, their wheels because it's this intensity that they can't maintain. So give it all up. And then a year later, they kind of get the courage again to like, all right, this is going to be my year. And so it's, it's going to be different. It'll be right? different this time. This, will, this time will be different than the last 10 times. I'm really in. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And but, yeah. just, I want to encourage people to find, again, what works best for them. So what works for mm-hmm. someone else may not work for you, right? And maybe your consistency is 20 to 30 minutes of exercise every day. It could be body weight or kettlebell or whatever. And maybe you take long walks a few days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works well for you right? And maybe other people like to really get underneath the barbell for 60 minutes, three to four Mm -hmm. times a week, and then go for a run one day or do sprints one day. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, be open to that changing, right? Mm -hmm. I've had times where my training looks very different. And I think that that is valuable. Just like we talked before, all those little pieces of the puzzle end up teaching you something. So your journey, you know, as you grow, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's good to like play around with different things, you know, and try different, 
training styles. I think consistency is good when you're really working on a goal, um, but don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone and try something mm -hmm. new and see if that works for you, if you like it, you know, and then, yeah, you can always come back. You can always change again, right? So right. be consistent. I think that is important, but also be adaptable and flexible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and those yeah. Two so, like go I ahead. I think those two are opposed. Like to be flexible mm. and consistent, like they go together. Yeah. You know, yeah. they mm -hmm. absolutely go together. In fact, I mm -hmm. think if you can put them together, consistency becomes a lot more likely. Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Uh, something you touched on earlier, just shifting gears real quick. You mentioned when you're with nutrition coming mm -hmm. from a place of restriction and the diet mentality. And that's something I, I personally and professionally am like on this crusade to help people mm -hmm. understand that you do not have to live in that headspace. And just from some of your messaging I've seen on social media um, and just hearing what you have explained to us here today, it really sounds like you are embracing that, um, again, flexibility with, with eating and diet and not getting into that restrictive mindset, which I think we can all agree is fairly unique in the fitness industry for somebody mm -hmm. to take that approach versus, oh, this is exactly the macros. This is exactly the food. You know, this is exactly right. how you do it. So can you give us a little glimpse into your um, approach there and how you have come to adopt that and maybe um, apply it to yourself? Yeah, I would say a big piece is precision nutrition. The nutrition certification that I've done um, I love that they base things off of where people are at and then mm -hmm. habits, right? And they kind of let people choose what they think they can accomplish for the next two weeks. That's going to be a challenge for them, but that they'll also be successful with. Mm -hmm. So rather than someone coming to me for, you know, Hey, what are my macros and what's my meal plan? Yeah. It's like, all right, no, let's look at everything. Let's look at stress. Let's look at sleep. Let's look at training. Yeah. Like where, where do we need to start? Maybe we just need to start with hydration. Cool. Do you think that you can drink this amount of water for the next two weeks? If they say, oh yeah, I think I can do that. Cool. Let's start there. Um, and then once they've done that and showed consistency, now let's talk about, you know, protein and protein sources and how much we're eating and so on and so forth. It could be, you know, someone starts with sleep. They're like, well, I really want to focus on my diet and I'm doing all this. And it's like, well, you're not sleeping. So we're probably not going to see a whole lot of success in training or in diet, if we're not getting the right amount of sleep, especially for mm -hmm. our hormones, right? So let's start with right. a sleep routine. And so I just take that approach with my clients of like, where, where are you kind of struggling right now? But also where do you feel like you could be successful for the next two weeks? Let's pick mm -hmm. one, maybe two things, depending on kind of where they're at, show consistency with that, and then move on to the next. And again, the whole thing is like, after two weeks of that, I hope that that doesn't go out the door. I hope that we continue right. to build on that, but we start to add and we start to add and Again, we're looking at it long-term. So while you may not lose X amount of weight in the next 14 days, 21 days, like that's not the goal. The goal is for us to look back a year from now right. and say like, wow, my lifestyle habits are completely changed mm -hmm. and they're changed for the rest of my life and I'm living mm -hmm. a healthier, happier life um, and finding that balance, right? I think mm -hmm. that's really important. Um, yeah, so that and then- Oh, I was oh, going to say ahead. one more thing that really stands out to me. Um, there's a guy named Jade Tita, Dr. Jade Tita, that I've just followed and I've, I've read some of his books. And mm -hmm. I love he talks about there's like four different um, like type, like ways we can kind of eat and work out for our metabolism mm -hmm. to stay flexible. And one is eat less, work out less. So like doing less, but also eating less. Then there's 
eat less, work out more, which most people live in, but we shouldn't live there forever, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's eat more, work out more. So like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to try to gain, I'm going to eat a whole lot of food. I'm going to work out more. And then there's eat more, work out less, like maybe sometimes around the holidays. Mm-hmm. But he talks about how most of the time, um, or like we don't need to live in the eat less, work out more, or our body can be under a lot of stress if we're living in the eat more, work out less, right? But those can happen from time to time, like when you go on vacation or around the holidays. And so being okay with that, like it's okay right now that I'm going to eat less. Um, and I'm also working out less, or it's okay that I'm going to eat more and I'm working out less for this week or two. And then I'm going to get back on that train of eating more, working out more or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, so I try to teach people about that too. And I am not doing it justice right now by not going into a whole lot of detail, but I hope you guys get the, the point of like, again, yeah. we kind of need to be adaptable and flexible and understand that there's different times in our lives when yeah. training and nutrition um, will yeah. look different. I'm familiar with this stuff. I think you did a good job. Yeah. And and I mean, it's, that's a whole range of topics that we could get Mm -hmm. into where it comes to the restriction and diet mentality and, um, you know, uh, food elimination and the belief system that people have about themselves or what society expects of them, um, changing your body instead of, uh, actually changing how you feel about your body and how you talk mm-hmm. about your body and how you look at your body. So, I mean, yeah. there's so many um, different avenues that stem from that very, um, I think, straightforward and simplified way of kind of looking at it with those kind of quadrants. Um, so that's good. I'll have to look up his stuff. I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he's got yeah. some really good stuff. Yeah. I also he's personally have dealt with some like hormone stuff um, over the years. and have worked myself again, I think I mentioned this earlier, but it's like a lot of what I try to teach people is stuff that has helped me personally. And so I have had to learn that so much comes down to my attitude and my mental state and how kind I'm being to my body. And then how I'm feeding my body and working out based on like coming from a place of love versus guilt. Right. Right. Um, and then making sure that my sleep is, is up to where I want it to be. And I'm feeling good. Um, there's all these little like signs that our body gives us when things aren't going well. And I think a lot of people tend to ignore them and we keep pushing, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And so I've just really practiced like tuning into those things. How is my hunger? How is my mood? How's my sleep? Uh, how are the relationships in my lives? How am I dealing with stress? Right. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, just personally, that's the type of stuff that I've worked really hard on for myself. And so I try to share that with my clients as well which I think is just so counterintuitive to a lot of the fitness industry. It's like your problems are how you eat and how you move. That's it. Right. <laughs> so let's get you to move more and let's get you to eat more. What is it, Aaron? Uh, boiled chicken. Yeah, your chicken, rice. broccoli, rice. Yeah. What the hey? And you you're know. a robot, by the way. You're not a human when it <laughs> right. comes to this stuff. What? <laughs> but yeah, it's Mm-mm. just, there's just, it's so much more complex. And I'm really, I mean, I had, I, I knew just from, you know, just your, your stuff on social media that, um, that you were, I had very strong suspicions that that's what you'd say, um, you know, but I'm just glad that there's any time I think I find somebody who's preaching sort of those counterintuitive messages about like longevity and durability and, uh, you know, sustainability and the whole person. It just, I get really excited because I think this industry just needs so much more of it. Um, and it's the thing is, it's not as sexy. Like that stuff's not as sexy, right? Like 
hey, let's get some sleep and some water and love your, like, that's not sexy. Like I've had people tell me that like, that's not, again, speaking of social media or what's going to sell for my brand or whatever, like, mm-hmm. oh, but that stuff isn't sexy, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. going to sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then I'm doing, that's not why I'm put on this earth. I'm put on yeah. this earth to, to do what I believe in right. is the best for myself and others. And um, yeah. I, I'm not trying to make a, a quick buck again. Mm-hmm. I just want to help people, you know, and mm-hmm. I, whether that's the people I work with in person or the people that follow me on Instagram, I just want to put things that have helped me and my clients and what I've seen success in out there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we share that message a lot more often because mm-hmm. there are so many people who fall into the trap of just, yeah, you know, amen, yeah. especially in the age, in the age of social media and something right. you had said to us um, on our little demo call yesterday or the the day before um, that I think I would like everybody to hear is that you have presented yourself on social media in the most authentic way that Natalie can be. So it's not you trying to represent or sell or push some kind of like fad idea or what you just said, something to make a quick buck or that mm-hmm. that's catchy and like, you know, sensationalized. It's, this is me, this is my philosophy. And if you read through, like if, if you just pick out 50 different posts that you've done in the last couple of years, it'll be very clear that this is your your consistent message and it's very authentic and that's hard to find in the social media world. So so good job. High five girl. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. But it's so true. It's, I mean, like, you know, every day I just want to tell people like (laughs) there's these foundational habits that we need to implement in our life and we need to be consistent with them. And it's not super sexy and it's not the answer to an overnight success for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it is the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so they can go in and like you said, check out a number of posts from mindset to mobility to uh, whatever it is. And it's probably going to come back to like these habits and these rituals and these Mm -hmm. thoughts and um, patterns that we kind of fall into. And that was my goal. Yeah. From the get go was to be authentic and just to be as real as I can be. So thank you. You're doing it. Nice work. So we should probably kind of wrap this up because I know you got to get going. Um, I have one more question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just real quick, if it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd yeah. really like to hear just maybe briefly your work with the junior NBA. WNBA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's super cool. Yeah. Tell us about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, this has actually been just super cool. This is one of those things <laughs> when you do kind of realize, you're like, wow, all of that hard work and all, all of these years um, has paid off in a really cool way right now. And so mm-hmm. um, just feeling like proud of that, but understanding there's still work to be done and things that I want to do with them. Um, But yeah, my boyfriend and I honestly had a client. Her name is Vanya. Uh, She lives in Spain. She found us, like found the Durable Athlete Instagram online. Mm -hmm. She works with junior NBA players overseas. She was in the States for something and honestly had the choice of going to Miami for like hanging out with friends or something or coming to Austin, Texas and training with us. And she came to Austin, Texas and decided to get a session. And she did two personal training sessions with Christian and she came to on it at the time I was there. I had like a durability class that I taught and then a regular group fitness class. So we met her. She loved what we had to offer. She loved our dog and she just became an instant fan. And yeah, just honestly that connection. So the importance of building a network and connecting with people and taking time to really get to know them mm-hmm. uh, is important and can lead to opportunities. So 
the day the gym closed for me, at least when I was at on it in March, uh, Christian walked in the room, I remember, and he was like, Hey, Vanya just reached out and said that the NBA and junior NBA want to do a deal with us. They knew or had seen um, that we had obviously put out a lot of content. So we do a lot of filming. We do a lot of content uh, and that we also work with athletes. We've worked with youth athletes. We do a lot of body weight training. We focus on recovery. We have our pillars of sleep, movement, breath, and nutrition, all things that they were interested in. So they basically offered us opportunity to do at-home workouts for three months. And basically it was for all of the international junior NBA coaches and players on an app. Um, and so we would do 30 minutes a day. We would do body weight in our house. We'd just be able to film it here on our phone. We did basketball workouts outside, but that's also led to now they have online camps right now since the world is still, you know, not quite back to normal. Um, so we've been able to reach people from all over the world, these mm -hmm. athletes that are all ages and speak to them about the importance of sleep and the importance of mobility or, or a movement practice and taking care of your joints, the importance of nutrition from a young age and the importance of breath and how that can shift our mindset and our state to be more relaxed and less anxious. Maybe people have pregame jitters, they have a lot going on. Um, so we've been able to do online camps with them. I've been able to do some work with a WNBA player and we did a camp called Girl Guiding. We led like an online Zoom workout. And then through that, she now works with me for mobility practice because she was like, I loved that. Like, I need more of that in my life. So nice. it's really cool that we are able to reach like so many more people than I ever thought just through mm -hmm. social media now. And um, yeah, that's been such a blessing. And so our hope and goal is that maybe next summer, if things are kind of back <clears throat> to normal and we can travel over there, maybe doing some camps with them in person would be great or some potential other opportunities. We yeah. currently are still filming um, for the junior NBA coaches. They have like a coaches program. Um, we're filming about five videos or so, each on the subject of there's like five on mindset there's five on movement, nutrition, breath, and sleep, and just how coaches can implement that into their lives and how they can also either speak to their players about that or tips that they can give their players or practices that they can use with their players, right? And so, yeah, it's just been really, really cool to be able to do that from all the way over here, even though we're working with people you know, all yeah. across the world. So, yeah. That's rad. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Erin, because I meant to, and I was just closing things down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, see, like curtain, curtain up, curtain back up. We got to hear about this. Oh, okay, now yeah. we can, now right. we can wrap up because Natalie, oh, thank you so much. You've, yeah. I want to throw in one more thing just because yes. I forgot, but it was a really cool opportunity with them. I also got to lead, um, Christian would have done it with me, but he was running some camps that week, but we got the opportunity to lead a week long like camp every morning. I would do it at like 5.30, our time here in Austin, mm -hmm. Texas, for the Special Olympics as well. So it was oh, just really awesome. cool. I wanted to give a little shout out to the Special Olympics. That was a very really cool opportunity. Yeah. Very cool. Wow. I love it. You got a lot going on. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that you have so much going on and things are going so well for you and you are preaching such an honest, authentic message, you know, because um, I think it's easy for things to happen when people are, uh, doing the sexy stuff, right? Like, you know, I mean, just not being honest with people and maybe actively doing harm, um, only concerned about the external. And so just the fact that you're just, you're, you're doing things in such an authentic and genuine way is just super exciting. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Good. Should we do a quick uh, meeting in the mundane? Yeah, let's do it. Share some different things. Your game, Natalie? Yes. Are you prepared? Do you want to go first or do you want to go last? Do you want to... 
Ooh. Go middle. Middle. Those are all the options. <laughs> okay. You want to be middle-ish? <laughs> middle-ish. I'll be middle-ish today. <laughs> you want to go? Well, so yeah, I'll go first. Do it. I, I was, mine is a very short one, but I just, every time I think of it, I, I just can't help but smile. But I was riding with my buddy, Troy, this weekend, and I'm, I'm trying to remember if this little kid was riding with his his or her dad. I couldn't tell if it was a little boy or girl. Um, and I think they had a Strider bike. You've seen the Strider bikes, right? Where mm-hmm. they don't have any pedals. The little kid mm-hmm. just like scoots their feet, you know, to go. And they were kind of riding on the sidewalk and the dad was riding right behind the little kid. And that kid just saw us coming the opposite way on our bikes and like lights up and just does this huge wave was like, those are my people. Those are my people. And I mean, this kid was maybe like three or four, tiny little kid and was just like, hi, you know, waving at us. And so Troy and I are cruising by and I just said, that made my entire day. Mm -hmm. Like just, I'm super passionate about riding and how bikes connect people and how they serve um, in so many different ways to enrich lives. And so to see little kids getting started on bikes is just like so wonderful and gleeful to me. So that was, that was mine. Simple nice. bike ride, but like I have a smiling moment every time I think of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Love that. Nice. Love All it. right. My turn. Yeah. Go for it. You're up. Okay. To be honest, I just made a list of a lot of things that I do on a daily basis that play into my like routines and habits. But Perfect. one of the biggest ones that I could think of was just like my morning walk in the morning, I try to go on anywhere from like a 10 to 30 minute morning walk, typically with my dog. Um, but I mean, for me, like a sunrise mm-hmm. is one of the most peaceful, happy moments. And so um, there's just been a couple sunrises in the past week that I've been able to watch and kind of be outside for. And that truly like fills up my life. Like I love nature. Mm-hmm. And so I just think for me, it's when... I knew this question was coming. It was like all the little things that help me kind of keep going every day. And my morning walks are one of those things because I get that time outside and the sunrise is just like the cherry on top because it just is so peaceful to me. And I like to do my intention setting there. So um, that always puts a big smile on my face. Yeah. Great. Well, there's a big difference between seeing a sunrise and experiencing a sunrise. You know, yes. like those are very different things. <laughs> Truly experiencing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, so about my kids again, I feel like most of mine are about my kids. And I posted this maybe two nights ago on Facebook. So anyway, my oldest daughter, Lila, she's nine. Um, and she was always trying to coerce me to like snuggle her in bed when it's bedtime for a little bit. And so I think it was two nights ago I did. And we were snuggling up and kind of talking and she just stops and she says to me, you know, it's a very routine thing. I mean, I probably wind up crawling in bed with her three or four times a week you know, just to snuggle for a little bit. And we often wind up having these moments that are just like, just really awesome moments, you know? And she just says to me, she says, Daddy, I love that you're the kind of dad that I can tell anything to, like anything. I don't think there are many dads like you in the world. And I was just like, I know. (laughs) You're like, I'm not crying. Oh my gosh, there's allergies. Yeah, but just again, I mean, it's just these like seemingly little simple things. Like, all right, I'll snuggle with you for a few minutes. And sometimes we, you know, talk about weird animals or crazy dreams or 
it's just silly stuff. But every once in a while, it's just like this very routine thing that winds up just like blowing my mind and blowing me away and just being like, okay, I'm doing something right. Doing something right. <laughs> you know, it was just that a very, so sweet. very cool moment. Yeah. Very impactful. Mm-hmm. So That's yeah. awesome. It was a big win for me as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so sweet. So before we sign off, Natalie, um, where can people find out more about you? I mean, what's your Instagram handle, Durable Athlete? Where, where are all those places that people can get in touch with you? Yeah, the two main places would be the durableathlete.com, the, okay. our website. They can find out some information. And then mm-hmm. I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is nattrillfit. So it's N-A-T period T-R-I-L-L period F-I-T. Okay. natural fit cool. with the periods in between. Um, and I told you guys this, but I'll just throw it out there too. <laughs> I chose that so that it would be a reminder of just being natural and keeping it real. So the word trill is like keeping it real. And that's where that authenticity comes from. And just a, a daily reminder when I put posts out <laughs> to, nice. to try to keep it as real as possible. So yeah, Instagram is where I'm most active. Okay. When you told us that the other day about trill, meaning like keeping it real, I just felt really old. <laughs> So I was like, oh. oh, me too. I was like, I, know I don't know slang. this. This <laughs> new for me. I mean, like, I yeah, mean, totally. I, I know. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I did have, I mean, I knew what it meant, but I did have some help when I was brainstorming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, down. I know that one. Yeah. I have to get on like whatever. Oh, trill all the time. <laughs> Urban dictionary. I actually, yeah, I did go look that up. I was like, really? I've never heard of it. I'm going to go to Urban Dictionary. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. And um, to everyone listening or watching, thank you. Um, go check out uh, Natalie and what she's doing. She's doing awesome stuff. Uh, we'll link the Durable Athlete in the description of this stuff. I don't know if we can link to an Instagram page or not. We uh, could put the handle in there. Yeah, for we sure. Can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll work. So. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Natalie, a bunch. We really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. All right, Great. Everyone. Have a good Have week. Have a good day. Bye.